Hello and welcome to another APW podcast where we shine the light of truth on UK property and examine the rainbow of reflection to find the pots of gold at the end. With me today to turn up the lumens are APW's Callum Williamson and Stuart Williamson. Hello, Callum and Stuart. Hello. Hello, everyone. And uh, Sean Bennett from OGPS Global. Hi, Sean. Hi, Paul. Uh, So welcome, Sean. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you do since it's your first podcast with us today. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I work for One Global Group. Um, we're property specialists covering the UK and Australian market. Um, within that, we have different kind of sub companies, as it were. So I work for the um, One Global Expat team. Um, I'm currently based in in Hong Kong. So basically, I help expats, or primarily help expats based in Asia and the Middle East um, access UK property. Or my core focus being the UK property. Um, and we not only, you know, kind of help them purchase, but guide them all the way through from the start to the end and even reselling if that's, if that's what clients want. Okay. So, uh, very much in the same territory as, as APW in a way, advising expats on, on UK property. Exactly. Sure. We, we almost, um, to us, we take on schemes on what you call a master agency. So, um, which means, you know, effectively there, there are schemes and, and we, we control the developments um, and then we help distribute them overseas or in the UK as well. We, our head office is actually in Singapore, but we have a large office in the UK and Hong Kong, um, Dubai, as I said, Cape Town as well, and also one in Malaysia. Okay. Uh, well, today we're doing a Neighbourhood Watch episode. Uh, earlier this year in a City Watch episode, we looked at Birmingham from a population infrastructure and employment point of view. Uh, today, we're taking a closer look at the different neighbourhoods across Birmingham. What is happening there? What kind of housing stock does it have? Who lives there? What's the character of that neighbourhood? Uh, but first, uh, Callum, perhaps you could take us through what we discovered in the City Watch episode. Uh, sure, of course I can. So to recap, for those that weren't listening to that, I'm sure everyone was listening because obviously a very popular property podcast, but we advise them to find it on, on their podcast place and, and have a listen. Exactly that. And give us, you know, give us five stars, of course, and leave a little review so that other people can find us. But um, to recap, Birmingham, it's the UK's second largest city. You know, it's been an investor favorite for 10, 15 years now because there's a lot of redevelopment happening in the city. Um, you know, as I say, over the last 15, 20 years, it's just ho- hosted the Commonwealth Games, which was great, where we saw Ozzy Osbourne shouting uh, Birmingham, which I thought was fantastic. It's hosted the Commonwealth Games, as I say, it has 1.16 million people, half of them under 40 and 40% under 25, so a very young city. And it's also incredibly diverse, almost half of the residents are from a non-white background with a big Asian community. On top of that, there's a large student population with a lot of students actually staying in the area after graduating. I think it's got the highest student retention rate out of out of all universities in the UK. I think it's about 62%. So uh, some good stats there. Okay. And Stuart, um, very good job prospects there, I gather. Perhaps you, uh, can you remember what, what we had in our episode? To be fair, I'm so excited about being on podcasts, I can never remember what goes on. <laughs> so uh, uh, I know for sure that, you know, the levelling up agenda has brought PwC, uh, HSBC. Most recently, Mercian Studios is attracting a lot of um, lovey types, lots of uh, film that's people. The stu- that's the Tom Cruise and Spielberg studio, is it? Or is it just Tom Cruise? I can't remember. Or no, no, it's um, Stephen Knight's from Peaky Blinders fame, and then Tom Cruise, Steven Spielberg, uh, or Tutika Tom, as he's known. <laughs> AKA. And, uh, 
as far as the employment prospects, you know, I did a, a, some property data .co.uk research on the centre of Birmingham, and it has nearly 50% ABC1 tenants. So the sort of people who are actually living in the city centre are mostly degree educated, um, 30 to 40 years old. So it's a fantastic employment and uh, living location. Okay, and those uh, that alphabet that you mentioned earlier, PwC moving in, I think that's PricewaterhouseCoopers, is it? Or their management consultants? Yes, you've got, you've got, you can go through all the initials. You've got HSBC, PwC, yeah. you've got the Inland Revenue. Um, so, in, you know, keep on hey, going with all those sort of things. It's some sort of BBC going out yeah. there. Yes, you've got Goldman Sachs have, have moved a head office there, but uh, HSBC retail for sure. Okay, well, we've got, um, yeah, they've got strong finance and professional services. Um, HS2, we haven't mentioned yet, that, that, uh, yet, but that's moving into Birmingham. Um, we've got 25% of the aerospace sector in Birmingham. Uh, you've got things like the Longbridge Innovation Centre, part of the redevelopment of the former MG Rover Centre at Longbridge. And lots and lots of development schemes going a- across uh, around the Bullring, Paradise Circus, Arena Central uh, in the centre there, Smithfield, uh, Curzon Street, where the HS2 terminus is going to be. We touched on a lot of these in the City Watch. So, uh, as we say, do have a listen to that episode in tandem with this one. Sean, have we missed anything out? Anything that you want? To- I think you've, you've covered the big ones. I mean, the big kind of driving force of property in, in Birmingham over the next 10 years is definitely going to be that HS2, I think. Um, I mean, granted, it's they're saying it's going to complete between 2029 to 2033 now, knowing the UK probably more towards the 2033, but they're saying that even before it completes, it's going to bring £14 billion to the, to the regional economy, which is, which is obviously huge for the city. Like you guys have already mentioned, we're already seeing, you know, as, as balance sheets are getting tighter around around the UK and around the world, companies are moving away from areas like London to these areas. Um, I know you, you may not be traveling back and forth from London to Birmingham every day, but you could see people you know, living in Birmingham, commuting to the, to the head office, possibly, possibly in London one or two days a week. Um, just to add to that, I know the government have just announced they're going to move 2,100 staff to Birmingham as well over the next couple of years as well. So a few more kind of investment investment cases i know um the custard factory they're talking about they're about to announce um a one billion pound regeneration of, of that area as well which is already seeing you know the likes of master chef there and like you mentioned about peaky blinders and they're saying that's going to create twenty thousand jobs they're, they're also creating they're, they're adding on to the tram line as you guys all know there's already a tram line in the city center but um there's going to be a 15 million pound regeneration of digbeth high street which i know we'll come on to digbeth afterwards but they're going to extend the tram line, sorry, along Digbeth High Street. And, you know, that'll be three minutes. Just one part's going to branch off towards the HS2, 45 minutes into London. And then the other part's going to branch off towards the financial services sector. So it's a very, it's already a very um, walkable city. But, you know, with all these investments going on, it's just going to make everything even closer again. Okay, well, that's, um, yeah, thank, thanks for all that. So, uh, let's see what that means to the different neighbourhoods. Um, you say you've got some developments going on, uh, Sean. Have you got one in Digbeth then? Could, we could start with that. Sure. So our twist has been our most popular development by far out of all of our all of our developments. Um, it's called Digbeth 1-2. In Digbeth, there's still around 10 um, apartments left, 10 good apartments, good investor apartments. Um, just ticks all the boxes. It, it's completed now. Um, it's got, got a big developer. I mean, the rentals, the fact it's completed, I really like as well because... Um, you know, we have rental figures that we can trust and they've been smashing the rentals 
have been renting out, you know, anywhere from two to four weeks max. Also, we've had lots of valuations, things like that. Um, you know, you have videos of the finish, uh, and that's been extremely popular. And as I said, from that kind of, I think Birmingham as a whole is going to do really well on that capital appreciation. But that Digba theory, even with within the Birmingham, you know, city, I think that Digba theory is going to outperform the rest of of Birmingham. In my in my opinion, just simply because of that, you know, all that regeneration, it's got, obviously got the HS two. It's got the Smithfield market, which is going to be, you know, huge for the area as well. And there is actually, again, without going into it too much, but there is actually a regeneration there called Rear Valley Urban Quarter, which is that whole dig with area, basically just, you know, transforming it into kind of a residential paradise. Might be a little bit too dramatic, but there's a, there's a canal underground, which they're bringing up, um, different, different things like that. Okay, well, that's a, that's a fair bit. Anything um, from uh, to add from you, Callum and Stuart, about Digbeth? For sure. I mean, I would say it's it's an area we get asked about an awful lot. You know, we, we get our investors and, and clients and people writing in asking about it about it because a lot of people know about it as an investment area. And I think, um, you know, some, some of the sort of titles it's been given over the years, we've got one of the best places to live in 2020, according to The Guardian. Uh, it was the Sunday Times coolest neighborhood, not second or third, but the coolest neighborhood in 2018. You know, there's a lot of sort of tech startups and, and sort of trendy people um, sort of living and working there, you know, and, and in somewhere like Birmingham, that's not a massive city in a central spot like that, you know, prices are only going to sort of go up for all the reasons that Sean mentioned, but um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a pretty popular area for us in terms of clients seeking it out for, for all those reasons. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say it used to be back in the day, you know, a very rough and edgy, as you'd say, neighborhood, in fact, there's a, a gent who writes a blog about traveling all over the world. And the only place he has ever felt in 15 years in fear of his life was in the toilets at the Digbeth bus shelter. Um, and that's in 15 years of traveling the world, but that was over 10 years ago. So yeah. it has changed a lot since then. And he hadn't been watching Peaky Blinders and was, you know, frightened himself silly, maybe. It could well be that, but it was a case of, you know, since then you've had so much gentrification and this is how you make money in buying property. You buy in a place that's going to pick up. I mean, I had a lady say to me, it looks very rough. Yeah, back in the day it was, you know, but so were many places. You look at Hackney. Hackney was a, a shocking place back in the day, but now it's gentrified. It's got wine bars. It's got all this sort of stuff. It's a place to buy now. When I was back there, my, my girlfriend's actually from Birmingham and it's, you know, it's known now as quite a trendy, cool place to live, right? I know her, one of her friends actually has, she runs a clothing, secondhand clothing line and there's an area there called Red Brick, which is a big warehouse where different companies have, you know, um, independent clothing stores, things like that. You know, there's a couple like Hidden Away Bars, you have the Didworth Dining Club, which is, is hoping to reopen soon, which, you know, everyone goes after work for expensive Burgers, ten pound burger, that's <laughs> another ten pound for chips, that kind of stuff. But it's quite a cool, you know, trendy place place to be, and I think that's going to continue to be so. Okay, and the BBC have just announced that they're moving from the mail books into the Typhoo factory in Digbeth. So, yeah, uh, the BBC are there. Then that's well, how middle class is that? Uh, so um, let's have a look at some other areas now. Um, let's start at the city centre. Lots of regeneration there. Uh, must be a popular area for young professionals. Uh, Sean, what do you know about the city centre? Sure, I mean, as as I said, when I was back in um, May time, it, it's definitely, you know, ever since this big city plan stuff, the city centre has completely changed since um, over the last couple of years, for sure. 
just had a very good kind of buzz about it. A lot of energy going on, everyone on the uh, electric scooters flying around. I think the city centre as well, I believe, you may correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's got the most Michelin stars of anywhere else across the UK other than, other than London. Um, I know you guys mentioned before about the uh, canals, more canals on Venice, although no one ever believes you. But again, there was a good kind of buzz about it, I suppose. You could see, as, as I mentioned, it's now very walkable. People probably living maybe just outside the prime city centre, just outside from the bowling, but then walking into the bowling after work or walking into work, having a drink after work, those kind of things. And it's a lot of a lot of glass and steel then, presumably, in the city centre with new new buildings and... Yeah, and, and especially, again, I mean, as I mentioned before, I think the whole of Birmingham was going to do well, but I, there was just a lot of kind of, a lot of cranes up on that south side of Birmingham, especially with, as we mentioned, the Smithfield market, £1.9 billion regeneration as well. But I just think it's already changed a lot over the last five years. Um, and it's traditionally quite a, a grey city, I suppose, what people know it as, but it's just completely changed when you go there now, and I think it's going to continue to develop over the next five, ten years. Okay. Let's move on to the jewellery quarter, which obviously is a more of a historic neighbourhood. Tell us a bit about that, Callum. Sure. Um, yeah, as you say, it's, it is a bit more of a historic uh, neighbourhood. It's been described by English Heritage as a national treasure, believe it or not, and a place of unique character, a particular combination of structures associated with jewellery and metalworking, which does not seem to exist anywhere else in the world. The Birmingham Jewellery Quarter, according to my research, is Birmingham's historic and vibrant gem with over 800 businesses, 100 specialist retailers and 50 contemporary designers. It's still the UK's centre for jewellery. And I would just say on that, um, you know, we were talking about the city centre there. When it comes to the sort of all these different neighbourhoods and the places to buy, I mean, it really depends on what your goals are and what you're trying to achieve, right? You know, the city centre is a great place to buy, but I would say it's perhaps a little, maybe a little overpriced now, depending on what you're trying to achieve. I don't know whether you'd agree with that, Sean. Somewhere like the Jewelry Quarter, perhaps a bit more value to be had. Digbeth, a bit more value to be had. And then when you move further afield into some of these uh, slightly further out neighbourhoods, there's more value to be had again, you know. So I would just say to anyone, you know, researching these areas, you know, lay it over the top of your goals and what you're trying to achieve, and then you can reach a sort of um, a solution for the best place to buy. Yeah, for sure. I think the the jewelry quarter again. I'd say Digbeth is kind of that first mover status. You're getting in when there's a huge amount of growth about to happen. I mean, jewelry quarter also has a lot of growth. It's it's very close to the financial services sector, which is a big selling point. But it's probably a little bit more established than Digbeth again. And you know, a lot of the areas is a protected site as well, right? So you know. The buildings can't go over a certain height, um, things like that. A lot of history there. So there's an argument to be said, you know, those those kind of areas will hold a lot of their value and, and will do really well because of that, because of that history. And also, if you're, you mentioned about plan, if your plan is that you know you want to sell it in five years or whatever, there's, I think, you know, because of the undersupply, anywhere in Birmingham will resell well. But areas like the jewellery quarter, where you could have a young family living there, um, or you could also have two young professionals, um, I think you could resell those really easily. That's exactly the case. I mean, my cousin lives in the jewellery quarter, you know, and she's, uh, she's married with a, with a young child. And they bought there, it was their first property about four or five years ago. And I remember when we were first selling there, we sold I think one bed's at £130,000 uh, about eight years ago, you know, and now they're selling at 200 plus, you know, so there's been great, great growth there. It's also, you know, it's a very atmospheric place. It's got lots of history, as you say, about there being limits to the, to the height of the buildings. Some interesting facts I dug up, which is the whistles for the Titanic were made in the Julu Quarter. 
as well as the first referee whistles and police whistles. The original FA Cup was made in the jewellery quarter. The Lonsdale Boxing Champion belts were made in jewellery quarter and still are made there today by Fatterini's. So it is a very, you know, actually a working location that you can live within. And it's very pleasant, I think. OK, well, we've talked elsewhere about this. Um, I, I think you call it the head-heart conundrum. Uh, so the head idea of property buying is just purely about cost and yield and rental and, and your resale cost and capital growth and so on. Uh, so it's all about the numbers. But the heart idea is, is the romance of property, whether you like the glass and steel uh, masters of the universe looking down from your penthouse apartment on the on the little people below or whether you like the romance of that historic quarter uh, like the jewelry quarter which is restored property there yeah just just to add to that Paul as well we've actually um, we've got a site called the Presswicks in the jewelry quarter um, again it, it is more high-end compared to that Digbeth side but um, to kind of complement that and to fit into the area it's got double height ceilings or, or um, you know taller than usual ceilings got exposed brick exposed beams um, there's actually old press works from you know when they're printing um, newspapers and things like that as well uh, and that again that just kind of really fits into the area of that high-end kind of finish and all that kind of stuff and a part of it is actually a grade two the middle section is a grade two listed building as well so very historic and a lot of character like you mentioned Okay, and grade two listing, um, for those who don't know, we have a listing of buildings in the UK for historic properties. Grade two is uh, the lower level. Grade one is uh, a superior level. And you get grade two star, I think, um, and grade one. So the, the, uh, have a look at the UK listing of historic properties and, and I'm sure you'll find uh, information on the internet. Now, let's have a quick whiz through uh, other neighbourhoods in Birmingham. Um, let's start with King's Heath. Uh, what can you tell us about that? And just all feel free to pile in and uh, chip in with what you know. Okay, King's Heath. I'll start, guys. Go on. Why not? Um, I guess it's what we would call a bit more of a sort of a satellite location. You know, so it's one of these locations that's not necessarily city centre, but it is on, you know, the outside of the city. So it's a great place more so for families or for young families and people that are looking to commute in with ease or have access to uh, sort of motorways as well. So. Yeah, nice spot for that. Okay. There's a lot of green spaces there as well. There's two parks in the area, 35 acres, home to Victorian tea room. Uh, so great area for the kids to enjoy. Uh, Edgebaston, Stuart, you are a sports fan, so you can you can take us through Edgebaston. Oh, dear. Well, I mean, all I really know about Edgebaston, to be fair, is about the, the cricket. Uh, I was there for the Cricket World Cup, and it was just an amazingly cosmopolitan place. You still got quite a lot of old housing there. Don't seem to be getting so much regeneration, so I'm not entirely sure what that is. But it's certainly a good place for buying family homes and access to the you know to the cricket ground. You didn't stroll around the botanical gardens while you were there, then? Uh, no, I spent most of my time in the pub, which is as any cricket fan would do. It's expensive. I mean, it's a pretty expensive location if you're looking at a family homes there. Last I checked for a client. You know, you're looking for sort of a red brick Victorian semi-detached type thing. You know, you're looking at sort of six to eight hundred thousand plus. So, you know, potentially not the best place if you're going to be investing. But if you're a, a heart, then, you know, wonderful place to live. It does say actually that Edgbaston Village is most exclusive and affluent area in terms of property prices. One of the most expensive areas in all of the West Midlands due to its village historical background. So... It is quite a uh, 
a posh place to live. Harborn. It's a very desirable area. It's got a relaxed feel because uh, it's in the suburbs, but close enough to the city centre. Uh, good retail and leisure facilities, good schools, lots of professional workers, you know, people that are working in the city but don't want to necessarily live in the city. Managerial level, you know, that sort of young families and sort of above. C-suite, slightly more expensive with your average property price at £375,000. Okay. Erdington. Um, Erdington, you know, it's more of a probably a, a longer term play if maybe you can't can't afford the city centre or you don't don't really like that. We, we spoke about average property prices. Um, the average property price here is one hundred seventy nine thousand, but it will really feed off the back of that. You know, the, the regenerations and all the things that are going on in the city centre. I think all these, as as the um, Callum and Stewart call them, the satellite areas. I think they're really going to kind of feed off the back of of all that growth that the city centre has. In July, I've also got a stat here that in July 2020, it was voted number five in Super's top hipster hotspots, which is obviously a nice little additive. Okay, Southside. It's another great location. I mean, when we talk about the sort of the city centre sort of flowing out into Digbeth and the Jewelry Quarter, I'd say Southside is perhaps just, just past that again. So if you're looking to buy a bit more value with a bit, you know, more immediate growth, then Southside would be a good area to do that. Just looking at um, at Erdington, and amazingly, they have have something called Fort Dunlop there, which is the largest tyre factory in the British Commonwealth, all right? And they got water from the River Tame to to basically flood the fields so they can make it work. And they had something called dwarf holes, which were dating back to prehistoric times that were built by the um, prehistoric men to live in. How about that, eh? Quite extraordinary. And uh, how much do those dwarf holes go for these days then? (laughs) Well, I think apparently it became, because as you know, The Hobbit is actually based on Birmingham. And J.R.R. Tolkien was was living and studying in Birmingham uh, or working in Birmingham when he wrote it. And it could well be that the dwarf holes were the original designs for Hobbit holes. Well, if you walk around at night... Uh, you know, after a few beers or a night out in Birmingham, you will see a lot of the characters of the Lord of the Rings uh, sort of making their <laughs> way home. So, <laughs> Talking about historic manufacturer, there's another neighbourhood, which is Bourneville. Uh, obviously, that uh, has connection with chocolate. Uh, do you know anything about that, guys? Yeah, that's, Bourneville is quite a family, family-esque area, isn't it? I know it's, it's actually considered a very nice area to live. Um, I know that because that's where my girlfriend uh, used to go up. Um, a lot of good schooling as well. Uh, you know, we talk about people working in the city. I think this is where a lot of families live. Like we mentioned earlier with Edgebaston, it's quite a kind of family, lots of nice Victorian houses or um, semi-detached houses and that kind of stuff, right? And obviously you have the Cadbury world, which, which will always be a legend. Thanks very much. That's all we've got time for today. Uh, just some other neighbourhoods to mention uh, that we didn't manage to cover. Uh, Solihull, obviously, very posh suburb. Moseley, Bearwood, Holloway Head, Kings Heath, we mentioned, Bourneville there, uh, Sutton, Coalfield, Coles Hill. Uh, so it's a big city with lots of different neighbourhoods. Uh, just um, draw around with your internet research and, and internet search engine and, and see what you can uncover. Thank you very much to all of you for joining me today. Uh, thank you, Sean. Thank you, Paul. Good to be on. Uh, thank you, Stuart. Thanks, Paul. Cheerio. And thank you to Callum. Hey, thanks, Paul. Uh, My name's Paul Shearer. Have a lovely day.
Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.